This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. These right here are the days you live for in this line of work. Sports talk radio, history being made, and the opportunity to not only watch it, but to reflect upon it with your friends and an audience of all you beautiful people here at ESPN Radio. He's Randy Scott, the big man out today. He's traveling. He's got Texas A&M at Alabama Saturday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. That's tomorrow. Maybe we'll get him on the phone later, see if we should lay or take. I don't know. Not allowed to comment on those things, but that won't stop us from getting him on the radio to address that and say no. No, we got to we'll make him. We'll make him sweat. Thank you. Yeah, he's got (laughs) to make him work, make him sweat, all of it. Yeah, make him as uncomfortable as possible, just like the Michigan Wolverines were last night against the University of Iowa, as Caitlin Clark made history, becoming the highest scoring player in women's college basketball history. Take a listen. Long rebound dug up by Gabby Marshall. Scoops a pass to Clark. Logo three. Got it. 22 is now number one. Caitlin Clark is the NCAA's all-time scoring leader in women's basketball history. Fitting a logo three. Yeah, a logo three. If you haven't seen this, she breaks the record in spectacular fashion. The record, mind you, held by Kelsey Plum, 3,527 points from the University of Washington during the years 2013 to 2017. Clark entered last night's game needing eight points. She went over that by a little bit, scored 49 while in the process breaking Megan Gustafson's school record of 48 points in a single game. Here's Caitlin Clark, excuse me, after the win. Well, Holly, that was the only way to do it, so I had to. I told some of my teammates and my coaches, like, if I got a chance in transition, I'm going to launch one, and honestly, I didn't know if it was going to go in because it was, it was a deep one, but then it goes in, and Coach Wooder calls timeout, and I'm just thankful to be surrounded by these people, this place. Um, I'm just so grateful, honestly. Style points. I mean, this is all about style points here, is it not? That is an incredible way to break that record. Yeah, she said, you know, you knew it was going to happen from the logo. Uh, She knew that it was going to be a three. She sort of had the script in her mind. She said pregame, her shot felt better than than it normally does, which is probably better than it's ever felt, you know, for a for a mere mortal like us. Um, <laughs> and and you know, the taking care it was kind of the Super Bowl, right? I mean, like, and I, I mean that in terms of the distraction, like number of cameras, number of press credentials, the ticket prices, and then the fact that she had a ticket allocation that she had to worry about. I'm sure the school helped her out, but like she had a big, big contingent of family and friends and former coaches, and it really was a coronation. Something that jumped out to me was Michigan. The opponent, right, wrote each player wrote a letter to her, like wrote wrote a little note to her, um, what she means to basketball, what it meant to be a part of the night, all this stuff uh, before the game. So there really wasn't an understanding of like, we're Michigan, we're gonna beat you on this night. It was we're a part of your historic evening and like a thank you note for the opponent. So there are just things that happen in college sports that don't happen in, in professional sports. There's class, there's tradition, celebration, and sort of this there's like class right out of the gate. Well, unlike in pro sports, Maybe, college kids have class. I mean, okay, like I'm trying to think here. On a night where uh, Steph eventually passes. Well, think about when LeBron, LeBron broke the record last year for scoring. Yeah. He did it against OKC. I doubt the members of the Oklahoma City Thunder wrote him handwritten notes exactly. before the game. Yeah, Shea Gilgis Alexander is not <laughs> dropping him a note like, hey, thanks for scoring over me to, you know, thanks for letting me be in the poster here or the basketball card or whatever it was. So, it, it, you know, it was so cool to see. And it's so cool to see, like, this team is is going 
to the they could they're, they're a Final Four caliber team. This isn't uh, you know OJ Mayo on USC right. or, or you know what I mean like some of these guys who just ball up. Um, oh man, uh, Lamelo Ball? No, Ben Simmons on LSU. That LSU team was awful. Why did but I go Lamelo Ball if you were going Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons. I, I feel like you started by saying La, La, I did. I, I was L- you no. Say in, LSU. My, no I, in my mind, I was thinking of a member of the Ball family, but I, I couldn't remember how good that UCLA team was. With Lonzo, they're pretty good. With Lonzo, with Lonzo, yeah, I couldn't remember. Good. Yeah, I couldn't remember. So LSU anyway. didn't even make the tournament with Ben Simmons. That's a good one, right? right? There. Or or Markel Fultz and and Dub. That team was then was again though. In hindsight, with both guys, not that surprising considering where things are now. That's fair. That's fair. You so know? maybe it's a good indicator of what she's going to be <laughs> uh, at the uh, at the WNBA level. Did it level. surprise you at all? And this should not have been one of my first takeaways. I apologize to everyone listening. My brain doesn't work the way everyone else's brains works. Okay, it, you go on. You don't stop the game. Like they just kept playing. Right. Michigan took the ball, inbounded it. I was like, she's got to get back on defense now. Why We're not going to stop. Why isn't it on her coach, Coach yeah. Luter, to you know, call a timeout? And, I assume and they stopped the game. Caitlin playfully said that after the game. She's like, I kind of thought they'd call a timeout. You know what I mean? And so we just kept playing. I had to get back on defense. And then there was a timeout called. So she was laughing that she was exhausted after having to run back. Not exhausted, yeah. but you know, tired. Having to run back on defense. But you're right. I mean, Because you got take artists who will watch yeah. this and be like, here we go. You want to see how selfish she is? She breaks the record. Doesn't get back on D. And now we got a controversy on first take. Oh, we all thought it was going to be a, like a, a forced timeout. Raider fan. I, but do you remember when Tim, Tim Brown broke a receiving record? And it was against Herm Edwards' Jets team. And Herm still brings it up that the fact that they stopped the game, big honor, <laughs> scoreboard, whatever else. He goes, he goes, he goes, Coach, Coach, we were winning the game. We were in the lead. We were winning the game, Coach, and they stopped it. All our momentum's gone. Pennington's arm gets sore, whatever. Like, he remembers it clear as day. So sometimes it can be a strategic thing, uh, you know, moving forward in your coaching career, in your life. But Yeah, that's what all teams are going to do now. They're going to set up the breaking of milestones for key moments in big games <laughs> to break momentum. I, I went back just to see. I was like, when LeBron broke this record last year, what did that look like? And he's, he's shockingly, not. shockingly, it was a lot of pomp and circumstance. Game immediately shut down whether anyone had any say or not yeah he shut the game down walked to the other end of the court hands in the air family onto the court security onto the court all the common plebeian trash kicked (laughs) to the sidelines get off his court for his big moment it was a huge thing there was 10 seconds left in the third quarter by the way they could have easily let the quarter dribble out and then they could have celebrated no 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 No. lebron was shutting everything down they shut down traffic they shut down air traffic control they celebrated the whole thing last night she's got to get back on defense I so, found that to be interesting. That was my big takeaway. I liked the social media reaction. You, you're you're going to get the lowest common denominator, knuckle dragger. Like you're going to get those those guys who are like women's basketball, this and this. You know, echo some Michael Porter Jr. You know, talking points or whatever it was. <laughs> but what, what I liked from I liked Angel Reese. I liked Angel Reese. You know, LSU I mean, star. They had the dust up. Caitlin and and Angel right in the in the fi- was it Final Four whenever it was, yeah, it was, it was last the, year was the, that the final game in the that women's the tournament the, yeah. the you know you can't see me or whatever sort of mocking what Caitlin did and you know listen Caitlin put that energy out there Angel gave it back to her no harm no foul play on uh, but Angel last night congrats this is on Twitter too I mean she has a million followers congratulations Caitlin Clark keep all caps keep breaking records and making herstory not history herstory I like that and it is pulling in the same direction there is a there's a there's a sisterhood here. There's a commonality. I mean, LSU has stars. LSU has talent. I mean, it's not just Angel Reese. They have Haley Van Lith. Like they are moving women's basketball. LSU is into this NIL era where their players are making money. They have opportunities. They're becoming brands. Caitlin Clark is 
a standout not only at Iowa, but also at in the Big Ten Conference. Like, there's a pressure on these young women now to market themselves, but also market the game. And I don't know that that's a pressure that their male counterparts feel. And I think Caitlin Clark has answered that bell, as has Angel Reese, all season long. Who's the biggest star in men's basketball right now? And I, before you even answer, I tell you. think it through that we are now in an era where we're sitting here. And how many people know Caitlin Clark's name even prior to last night? I had been following this all yeah. year. And I'm not regularly following women's college basketball. Early in the year, I'm not regularly following men's college basketball. I got enough on my plate with the NFL, with the NBA, and everything else we're doing around here. Mm-hmm. So those are the sports where I transition a little bit to the new year. I have no idea who the best men's player is in the country or the most marketable men's player in the country. But I've known about Caitlin Clark for a couple of years now. That's a is great she question. the most box office basketball player in collegiate sports right now? Uh, yes. You think so? No, hands down. Like It's not ridiculous for me to ask that, right? This, it, it feels like it no. could be, but it's not. This record is short-lived. I mean, this, 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 uh, excuse me, this ticket record is short-lived. The secondary market north of $400, or right around $400 last night. Really? It, it's going to be broken for the Ohio State game that's coming up. Like, she is a box office draw. You said it, what Carlin said about... 500 was a get-in price yeah. when Iowa was at Rutgers. Yeah, like, these these records are going to continue to fall. She, uh, we got to check the source on she's that, though. I don't know if Carlin, you know... I, I took that seats. at face value. It's probably good seats. Um, well, you can't get in at face value. Hold for applause. <laughs> uh, no, like, it, it, like she, she is the face of college basketball. She and Angel Reese, I would argue, are the two biggest stars in the sport. They both happen to be on the women's side. And why is that? Like you know, I'm I'm looking. I, I pulled up a mock draft NBA wise. You want to feel out of touch for for basketball and the sure. basketball pipeline right now? Pull up a mock draft because the first four picks, depending on what you look at, the first four picks are not college basketball. Two of them are not United States basketball. There's some G League in there. There's some foreign talent, yep. French talent, whatever it is. But you have to go to pick five, and it's a Colorado guard, Cody Williams, potentially to the Blazers. Like. Cody Williams could fall through the ceiling right now. I wouldn't know who he was. I'd be like, "Hey, help that faceless man up! Help! 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 He, he can walk in with help a name this tag. average Joe up, please. He can walk in with a name tag. I'd be like, that guy looks like an athlete. Like he's tall. He's lean. But like, you know what I mean? Last like, year, Wemby, Scoot Henderson, there's they're not, playing G League. There's not a talent. Well, Wemby was French national, but yeah. the, the Scoot was with the G League and they played each other. There, there's not a talent problem in men's college basketball. There's a longevity problem. You know, you have to you have to be around a while to build up a star following. Well said. Um, unless you're, you know, a, a half a million followers on TikTok, half a million on Snapchat, whatever it is. Like, but in order for us, for a casual fan, a linear TV based fan, or a second screen fan to find you, you got to be there a while. Yep. And that happens in the women's game, and it doesn't happen in the men's game. And it's because there are more lucrative opportunities for men sooner than there are for women. That's very well said. Carlin versus Joe, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive commercial insurance flexes to fit your business's needs. From quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options, Progressive Commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. What's the worst beat? From a gambling perspective, in Super Bowl betting history, Ooh. you're going to love what we have in store for you next. Carlin versus Joe, Randy Scott, Joe Fordenball here on ESPN Radio. James Harris was the first African-American quarterback to begin an NFL season as a starter. In 1969, he was drafted by the Buffalo Bills and was seventh on the depth chart to open training camp. But by the beginning of that season, he was named the starter and in 1974 was selected to the Pro Bowl. Honoring Black History Month on ESPN Radio. This is 
the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Happy Friday. Great to have you with us alongside Randy Clark. My name is Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. It is a delight to have you with us today. Had a little conversation yesterday, Randolph, Go with on. one Kendrick Perkins, mountain of a man. Big Perk. Big Perk. Old yep. Big Perk came onto the show yesterday. Okay. And throughout the course of the interview, we were asking a lot of different questions. We talked about the Lakers. Gentlemen, do we have the audio ready for this? I would like to play this for Randy. Okay. So we were talking about what the Lakers could do in terms of their championship window this year, next year, whatever it may be. I want you to take a listen to what he said because things got quite spicy. Somebody's on their way. You just wait till this offseason. The Lakers will land another superstar caliber player. Now, this is coming from my sources, okay? This is my sources speaking here from Big Perk. I can't drop the name because, you know, it's a trust factor there, right? But Mm -hmm. the Lakers, if they just be patient, they're going to add another superstar caliber player alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis this upcoming offseason. Now, some might sit here and say, what is Big Perk now? Later in the interview, we asked him for a deadbolt lock, and he took the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they covered the spread. So I would say okay, Big Perk knows quite a bit. Yeah. Old Perk, Perk Trada- Yeah, Perk Tradamus. It doesn't flow. Nostrada Perk? I, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I, was work, I was trying to workshop it in real time. It did not play for me. Uh-huh. But we'll get there. Point being, very interesting. According to his sources, he says superstar on the way in the offseason. Carlin and I immediately yesterday launched into wildly, wildly irresponsible speculation as to who that player could be. Paul George is the name that came to mind. Unrestricted free agent from Los Angeles, currently in Los Angeles. A lot of star power with the Clippers. Not sure if everyone's going to be able to get paid. So after the show, we were kicking around some more ideas. Carlin had talked about guys that could be traded. That sounded ludicrous to me because... 
the Lakers couldn't do anything at the trade deadline this time. Why would they be able to trade in the offseason? Yeah. But then we thought about some audio from last week. Scott Perry, formerly of the Knicks, joined us before the trade deadline. And we were talking about the Atlanta Hawks, and he said this. From what I understand, the asking price is pretty high, and no one has yet to give in to that. And I don't anticipate that anybody will. So if if I'm guessing right now, I think he's probably still with the team past the deadline and look for the Atlanta Hawks to make a move with one of their guards in the offseason. With one of their guards. He starts that audio. He's talking about DeJounte Murray. Because right. everyone thought DeJounte Murray was on the move. So we ask him. He says he doesn't think something's going to go down. Gives all this analysis and then says, look for them, one of their two guards in the offseason. Yeah. Who's the other guard? Trey Young. Trey Young. And now we wildly speculate about Trey Young to the, to the Lakers. Would okay. Please help yourself. Okay. I hear that. Get as and, reckless as you can. Well, I, I, it's, it would be reckless for the Lakers to bring... Trey Young to Los Angeles. Ooh, unless you lose, not a fan of this wild. Unless you lose LeBron, but I think Trey Young is the kind of point guard that would drive LeBron crazy. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I do. LeBron's at a stage in his life where his circle of uh, guys that he trusts, guys he wants to play with, is is shrinking by the day. You know, you get older and you just you're not as patient. You're like, okay, no, I know, I know what I know what you're about. I played with guys like you. I played with you know your older brother, your father, whatever. I've been around long enough. Like I'm, I'm turning forty next year. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good. I don't I'm this close this. to moving my wife and kids out of my inner circle. I'm almost down to just me. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> so LeBron has a player option that kicks in after this year. So the Lakers are re-recruiting LeBron James, and that's the structure of his. All of his contracts, right? He wants to give himself short-term contracts, give himself the power, have the leverage over the team, force them to make moves to stay competitive, include him in those moves. He has final say. His fingerprints are all over these moves. The power of the emoji. What uh, If he's on a five-year yeah. deal, the emojis don't have as much power. I mean, those emojis launched a thousand ships. Those yeah. emojis. <laughs> <laughs> Helen of Troy. <laughs> those, those emojis were enough for not one but two other teams to inquire about trading for him. Right. Can you believe that? Can you believe, I mean, would there be an emoji on this planet that Michael Jordan could have tweeted to allow, you know, the Sixers to contact the Bulls about a trade? Like, that just doesn't happen. Do you think the creator of these emojis thought this is how they would be deployed? <laughs> Probably not. Superstar Probably not. players tra- so, getting traded. I mean, no, get, get, get reckless with it. Like, Trey has improved his assist numbers. He has been more of a pass-first point guard this year. Yeah. Maybe that trends in the right direction. The name that I that jumps to mind is actually not Paul George. Okay. Although, you know, he's already in L.A. It's Kyrie Irving. So because LeBron and Kyrie want to play together again. And the, and the truth is LeBron's number of years left in the NBA is, is, is shrinking, right? It's, it's a finite amount here moving forward. So they're running out of time to make that deal happen. They've won together already. So Kyrie is in LeBron's circle already. That has already happened. That's on the board. That's, that's a, you know, something on the wall um, in, in, in Cleveland. So LeBron has seen it, done it. He's won with AD. That's sort of a holy trinity that he feels like he could win again. The thing is, who's going to draft his son? Because that is something that plays, I think, with his decision moving forward. Probably, I would say, more than a potential free agent signing. Or trade. Or trade. I mean, Kyrie has had a very quiet year by the standard of headlines in non-basketball-related subjects. That's been a thing the last few years. I don't know if you've noticed that when we talk about Kyrie Irving, it generally involves a lot of things that are non-basketball-related. This year, it's just been very quiet in Dallas. He's going about his business. He's putting up numbers. The Mavericks have been okay. He need to be traded, though, right? Yeah, he's he not is. a free agent. No, he so how are you going to make that deal? He has a player option that kicks in after next season. And now, keep in mind, this offseason, this is super granular, but like 
they are tightening, the league is, the rules on trades. So the money has to match. It always had to match. But now the money has to match one for one. The money can't be, hey, we'll trade you these two guys, three guys, their contract numbers equal the $35 million, I believe, that Kyrie is due. Uh, $40 million, excuse me. So next, it can't be four guys season. equaling $35 million to offset Kyrie. It has one, to be one for one. Yeah, they've, they've gotten rid of the aggregate allowance here. So it seems challenging. So it is. Yeah, it's going to get a little more. It's going to get a lot more difficult. Quite honestly. Well, who the hell can the Lakers trade for him? I, I mean, I'd have to pull that. Up their, that Dallas would their, even their, be their, interested their in dealing. So it really does feel to me, reading what Perk put out there, sort of you know smelling what he's stepping in. I think <laughs> mowing what he's growing. Like I, I think it is a one for one, and I, or rather, I think it's a, a a free agent. I should say it's somebody who has the player option right now to get out of their deal and go ahead and sign. In Los Angeles. Now, they're still going to need the cap space because, yeah. remember, there's the second apron now. There's there's a, a, a massive penalty if you go into double-secret probation. You go into that danger zone. <laughs> oh, the Warriors know with, all about with that. With the salary cap, right, which is perhaps why the Warriors might be trimming their roster as well. Clay Thompson last night looked fantastic, by the way. Yeah. They, they, they bench him. First time since his rookie season he's going to come yeah. off the bench and he drops 35 points. You don't think that was a message to the organization? No, he had a great soundbite, too. You know, he was talking about, hey, I didn't respond well. No, he did when not. I didn't get some run the other night and whatever else was on me to be better. I love that dude. He's, yeah, he's, he's so easy to root for. All-timer. Covering yeah. him in the Bay Area, 100% approval rating. One of the few people yeah. you're like, if he ran for office, 100% of the votes. Yeah. Everyone loves Clay Thompson. Got some friends who'll see him on Thompson. dating apps. And I don't know about now, but they, you know, in the past couple of years, <laughs> see him on dating apps out there. And it'd be him. And it'd just be, you know, Clay. And it would be a job, you know, age, whatever, and like athlete. And that's and that's just it. And he'd be, and instead of him in a jersey, like you want to put your best foot forward out on these things? No, he just has like a sailor's baby, hat. Sailor's hat. Yes. Yeah. Sailor's he loves hat. to boat. And you're like, is he's this a guy, yachtsman. Is this guy serious? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> NBA All Star Weekend continues with the State Farm All Star Saturday night. Radio coverage presented by Indeed begins tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. We promised it. The all-time bad beat is coming up next. He's Randy Scott. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, including on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. For 
first down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown! Kansas City! McCall Hardman! McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side! A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime! Kansas City wins the game! 25-22! And the Chiefs' kingdom has started its own history class! Because for the first time in 6,944 days, there is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs. Call courtesy 106.5, The Wolf, Randy Scott, Joe Fortinball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, the Chiefs' kingdom. Not the only people fired up about that victory on Sunday night. So is our next guest. He's the author of the book, Gambler, Secrets from a Life at Risk. I have read this book. This book is phenomenal. Used to live in Vegas, as you know. Yeah. Everybody I associated with in Vegas read this book. It was a must read. I advise it for everyone out there as well. His name is Billy Walters, and he joins us on Carlin versus Joe right now. Hey, Billy. So I'm watching all the interviews last week. I see you telling everyone you had the Chiefs minus two, so you were going to play the Chiefs in that game. First off, congratulations. Hell of a handicap. Second of all, how much were you sweating overtime? Uh, I was sweating like everybody else was sweating. <laughs> the, uh, clearly, in overtime, you know, anything can happen, especially Frisco got the ball first. And uh, the, uh, But uh, anyway, you know, I mean, sometimes these things work out, Joe. Sometimes they don't work out, and uh, that would happen to work out. And, of course, it uh, – you know, great game and a uh, great ending if you bet on Kansas City. Unfortunately for me, I did bet on Kansas City. Billy, it's Randy Scott here. The uh, the 49ers have sort of famously, some of the players since then, come out and said, hey, we, we, we didn't have a full grasp of the overtime rules. And you just mentioned that San Francisco starts with a football. How aware were you of the fact that the rules were slightly different, although significantly so, uh, in this Super Bowl compared to others? I was aware of that. The, uh, I knew when they changed the rules that, uh, and you know, it's like many rule changes every year. Uh, Randy, they have a number of rule changes in the NFL, and that's those things. A lot of those rule changes can really change handicapping, so to speak, also. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been a number of them that have made significant differences. But I was aware of this one. Uh, I knew, I knew, I knew what the rules were over time. Billy Walters, author of the book Gambler, Secrets from a Life at Risk, joining us here, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. When you ask, you know, casual fan, what's your favorite Super Bowl of all time? It can conjure up memories of some really close games, perhaps it's Giants, Bills, Wide Right, games of that nature, any of the Tom Brady games. For you as a gambler, do you have a specific Super Bowl that stands out for a good reason, covering the number, something something along those lines? Well, the biggest bet I ever won was when New Orleans played uh, the Colts, and uh, that was the biggest bet I ever won. The number that I made on the game and the line that the odds makers made, there was an enormous difference. I mean, it was seven points. And, you know, I, I, that, that that's enormous when you got two people who supposedly know, know what they're doing and you got a seven-point differential, especially at the end of the season of the Super Bowl. So, I, better, I made a very large bet on New Orleans, and uh, luckily I won it. Uh, the the game probably, <clears throat> from an excitement standpoint, uh, I bet a couple million bucks on New England when they played Seattle. And uh, that game went prior to a real long pass being completed, which was, 
you know, a long shot. Uh, but once it was completed, you know, I went from being what I felt like was a pretty big favor to a pretty big underdog. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, uh, you know, lightning struck at the end and fortunately I was on the right side of it and I want to, I want a pretty good sized bet. There we go. Uh, but I, I've been on both sides of these things. I mean, I've, you know, I could, you know, I've, I've been doing this a long, long time and, you know, I, I've got a lot of bad beats. And of course I've, I've won a lot of games I shouldn't have won. And uh, anyway, that's that's gambling, that's sports betting. That's the way it works. Billy, Billy, commiserate with us. Make us feel a little human for a second. What is one of the worst beats that stands out to you? I'm just curious if you if you remember it in uh, as sharp clarity as you do some of the wins. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, this one here is, uh, this one almost gives me nightmares. I mean, I still think about it. And uh, actually, I wrote a story in my book and uh, – it was when Arizona was playing Pittsburgh uh, in the Super Bowl, and I made a big bet on Arizona in the first half. Oh no! Uh, and oh, it, no. Yeah, and it, we're, we're right at the end of the first half. Arizona's got the ball on like the half yard line. Kurt Warner's got the ball, and you know they they don't need to do anything. They don't need to score. Half just needs to go out right where it's at. And for some reason, uh, they decided they were going to pass the ball kind of like. Uh, uh, Seattle did, and anyway, James Harrison intercepted his pass. And of course, you know James Harrison, big guy, and he's in the end zone. <laughs> he takes this. He takes this ball, as you guys probably know, and it looked like uh, an elephant running down the field. I mean, that's how fast James was. And you got Larry Fitzgerald, who's running. It looks like he's going to catch him, but he's going down the sideline. He runs into his own player. Anyway, uh, Harrison runs the ball back, uh, falls in the end zone, and uh, it was uh, it was a nightmare. I mean, I, I bet a lot of money on his first save too, so I went from you know a winner to a loser. But fortunately, I've made bets on the game and other bets. I've some I lost, some I won, but I I had a bigger bet on the outcome of the game. I ended up quitting the day a little bit winner, but it was uh, that's one I will never forget. I mean, I'm, I'm still got. I still got visions in my mind of James Harris oh, yeah. down the field. Running slower and, and slower. Uh, and, 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 and along with him, my, along with him, he's taking my pretty money with him. <laughs> <laughs> he's the author of the book Gambler, Secrets from a Life at Risk. Billy oh, Walters joining us here, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. After that happens, how are you regrouping at halftime? You know, you see kids now, they film themselves as they smash their TVs or whatever it is if they lose the bet or if they just want to try to get attention on social media for something like that. And I mean, you've been around guys. Some guys hand handle it well, they just move on. Some guys, you know, you got to prevent yourself from going on tilt and making bad decisions. What happened after that? Well, it was, it was, it, 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 it's over. I mean, if you can't handle your emotions gambling, you have zero chance of winning. I mean, first of all, if you have to understand if when you're gambling, I mean, you know, there's going to be times, you know, a New England game, you're going to win some of those. You're going to lose some of the Arizona games. And if you don't understand that part of gambling, or you know, you, you can't win. I mean, you know, I was a professional poker player one time, and uh, Dahl Brunson was my first partner. Chip Reese was my second partner. And I saw a lot of guys that were really good. You know, they, they were smart guys. They could have been good players. But as you noted, I mean, you know, they get all their money in with one to come, and, and they may be a 20-to-1 favorite in the pot. But a guy would, you know, he'd catch a 20-to-1 shot and beat them. Well, they, they would go nuts. And then, uh, I mean, they, they weren't breaking phones and things like that, but they would go nuts 
inside. And for the next two or three hours, I mean, they played like they'd never played poker before in their life. I and mean, they played every pot they raised, and they just gave their money away. And as you noted, they went on tilt. And if you go on tilt, I don't care whether it's poker, whether it's golf, whether it's betting on sports, you cannot win. Billy Walters, author of the book Gambler, Secrets from a Life at Risk, kind enough to join us here, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. I'm I'm familiar with your story even before you released the book. I've been covering sports betting for a while. Obviously, you're one of the biggest names in the industry. So if you're covering sports betting, you're going to be familiar with Billy Walters. For some who aren't, they don't know this part of the story. And I always found this fascinating. You were so good at what you did. You're so good at what you do that a lot of these sports books, they're not interested in your action. They don't want you coming in making bets because they know you've you've got the drop on them. So you had to find creative ways to be able to get your money down. How would you go about doing that? Well, I created partnerships with uh, thousands of people, and uh, they made bets on, on our behalf, their behalf, and my behalf. We became partners. Uh, the, you know, sports book, example in Vegas, you know, you're right. They, they may, they may tell me they don't want my bets, but, uh, you know, the next 30,000 people that come in there, I mean, unless they got a stamp on their head, they don't, you know, <laughs> how do they know they're not betting for me or someone else? Smart bookmakers, they, if, if they feel like there's a handicapper who's going to win, they want to take that bet from that person direct. They want to take that bet. They want to take the information and knowledge. They want to move their lines and they want to force the betting public on the other side, they want to take that information and they want to earn with it. And uh, and a lot of bookmakers do that. A lot of bookmakers uh, today really, frankly, don't understand the art of bookmaking. Uh, someone wins regardless of how they win. They just throw them out. Bottom line is, ninety nine percent of the people are throwing out uh, are people they could, you know, they they would beat. Uh, but the, if there is someone that is going to beat you, beat you consistently, and you're a bookmaker, if, if you can deal, do business with that person direct, and you can get that information and turn that to where it's a benefit for you, you would be stupid not to do that. And that's what smart bookmakers do. That's what the circles of the world do. That's what the Chris's of the world do. That's what the pentacles of the world do. Uh, they take the bet, they move their line, and uh, and they force people on the other side. That's the reason when they take a bet and they move their line, you see so many other bookmakers just moving their line on air and not even taking a bet because they respect their line so much. Billy, I, I want to get you out on sort of a macro, sort of big picture idea because you, you say in the book uh, that at one point you viewed it uh, – as an addiction and now gambling for you as a business. And I'm just curious how you made that, whether it was a shift in mindset, shift in practice, action, whatever it was, what was behind that change for you into something that has obviously been so lucrative and, and so successful for you uh, since then? Well, when I lived in Kentucky prior to moving to Las Vegas, uh, yeah, gambling was an addiction for me. And anytime you've got something, you don't have total control of it. Uh, you're addicted. Uh, don't kid yourself. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to Las Vegas, uh, I partnered up with a guy named Chip Reese. At the time, he, Chip was the best all-around poker player in the world. He's a legend in the poker community, a smart, smart guy. And uh, Chip uh, was an incredible money manager, and uh, <clears throat> and my partnership with him, uh, I learned money management from Chip Reese, and uh, he uh, uh, that was his turning point, uh, his, you know, from turning it from an addiction to a business, and uh, that was uh, my association with Chip was primarily responsible for that. There were other things we were responsible for too, you know. I had an issue at that time with 
with alcohol, and uh, I quit drinking. And uh, and but, my, but primarily my association with Chip is 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 what made is what is, is what allowed me to shake the addiction and, and become a, a much better money manager. It's fantastic gotcha. to hear. Um, highly recommend the book. Gambler, Secrets from a Life at Risk. Billy Walters is the author. He's kind enough to join us here right now. Carlin versus Joe ESPN Radio. Billy, we really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I love your show, guys. Thanks for having me, and uh, good luck to you. Appreciate you, Billy. appreciate it. Thank you, Billy. And when we're talking about some of those games where he made big bets, it's not $75, not $150. Uh, oh, no. Just throwing that out there that when he one, says that. Well, the one Super Bowl, he talked about it on Radio Row, yeah. the, the Saints over the Colts, $4.5 million. <laughs> $4.5 and, and for perspective, you can't just walk into a sports book and bet $4.5 when you're considered by many to be the greatest sports better of all time. They're not just, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll take yeah, your money. Help, you, help yourself, please. Yeah. yeah. That's why, and there are stories about this, Working in conjunction with people, yeah. if you need to get down a quarter million, they're going to look at you suspiciously. So who do you partner up with? Right. Who do you maybe trust? Maybe it's actors. Maybe it's actresses. Famous people who you'd say, yeah, this person might want to bet a quarter million on a game. That makes sense. There's a lot of tricks. The names in this tricks. book are fantastic. Yeah. Like oh, there is some star power book. in this book. Yeah. It's a great book. Speaking of star power, Randy Scott in for Chris Carlin <laughs> today. Joe Fortenball. An absolute disaster for one team on the court last night. That is next. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Friday, great to have you with us alongside Randy Clark. My name is Joe Fordenbaugh. You serious, Clark? I heard it as it happened, and I was like, oh, wait a sec. Is that how I opened the show, or is that how I opened the second hour? It was the segment to, I think, Billy. Was it just the last segment, or was it to open the hour? It's probably Caitlin Clark was on the brain. Do we know, Evan? It has to have been. There. I missed it. I totally missed it. I got an email from somebody saying, well, hey. You might have been getting lunch. Like You're, you're, you're yeah. rarely here rarely. during the show. <laughs> also, and when I'm here, I'm really not listening. You set the table. No, you were tracking down Billy because Billy's out there placing seven-figure wagers. Like, you know, we're trying to get him on the show. Well, let me start by apologizing. Yeah, no you're Randy problem. Scott. Hey, you're not Randy Clark. Randy Clark. Actually, of, of my two first names, right? The curse of two first names. I would get rid of Randy. Why? Before Scott, Randy wears debt. Randy wears a lot of denim. Like I'm just going like with the overall, you know, the South Park ruined Randy. Let's be perfectly no, honest. No, he's the best. He's the best character on Randy South Park. Wade is ruining Randy's. Like he's he's just taking. He's just just shots to the hole of the SS Randy. Well, late late in his career, yes. Uh, as For of sure. late, it, at the SS Randy, Randy yeah, Travis, definitely take it on water. Randy Travis, great pipes, but like he's fallen on some. He's he's made some questionable choice. Like it's just you know Randy like, Macho Man Savage, that's tremendous, but died young. Like they're not making new Randys. Is my point. You know, Randy Orton. I, I work with a Gary, the Viper. Yeah, okay, Randy the Viper. Orton. That's a good one. Yeah, Randy Orton. He's still in tremendous that. shape. I'll take. That's fine. I'm you know yeah we are a dying breed. I thought it was um, Randolph. Yeah, that legally. Yeah, what's Evan short for? Nothing. I'm well, just short. Well, that's a <laughs> yeah. No, I was born Joe. God forbid. Hold on. No, Hold on. Are we Joseph. gonna allow that? Are we we're just gonna allow like. The, the chuckle hut in the back row. He's just, what are you, workshopping material? You got a type five? I'll give you the light. Hold on. I was I thinking about that yesterday. Hey, if hey. I was to do Mount Randy more, 
Macho Man's obviously Macho up there. Man's up there. I can't believe you look at Randy Marsh as a detriment to the name Randy. Randy Marsh, the greatest character know. in South Park history. Randy Johnson's up there. The big unit. The big unit. Who's that? Randy Jackson? It's not for me, dog. Jackson <laughs> yeah. Five was built it a hell of a career. Yeah, who there's else? a lot of great Randys out there. I can't think of enough. I mean, Randy. Okay, Savage. Yes, Travis. Fine. Marsh and Johnson. That's fine. That's fine. And Scott. I'm at the rope cutting. You know you're what I mean? The when they there. Yeah, I'm there. I I see. Completely I'll disagree with the tenor of this. The idea that that name is no good. I love that name. I think it's fantastic. I don't know. Randolph though, like Christmas time. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Randolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. It's tough. People man. have jokes. You build it. You build it. You build a thick skin. Did you think about passing the name down to any of your children? One of my one of my boys has a middle name Randolph, but that's it. That's as far as it goes. Yeah. It, may, it probably dies with me. And the middle name's a complete throwaway. It, oh, probably dies with you. I could have more. We're kids. still we're still thinking about. I could have more kids. We're still in play here. The baby stage is great. For us, no. our level oh, yeah. of physical investment is nothing. Oh my god, it's it's great. They, we just get cute, and as long as long as long as you change a diaper, you're good. You're golden for the first two years. Made a mistake early in the parenting career when being asked, like, "Oh, you know, new dad. It's been about six months. How's it going?" I'm like, "Really, not that bad." And she was right there. Yeah, and she death stared me, and I was like. Right. Forgot to incorporate the idea <laughs> that there are two people involved in this, and the other person might be doing a hell of a lot more a lot. and having a you know a, a, a much involved. different experience. Yeah, you're the guy handing out the cigars. Hey, we did it. We did it. Yeah, we didn't. We, do anything. we didn't do no. We didn't no. do anything. Uh-huh. We were there at the beginning having some fun. We were outside. Then, <laughs> yeah, well, and then man, there we are at the end having this some. This is fun. a different show. This is a different podcast, but we could have some dad stories. <laughs> We're like, no matter how good your healthcare is, no matter how great the plan is, how boutique and bougie the hospital is, you get private suite, you get whatever else. I remember clear as day. I thought it'd be on ice chip duty, and instead it was like, all right, dad. You ready to hold a leg? And Ooh. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Are we in a barn? Are we giving birth under a newspaper under the stairs? I got to be honest. Don't trust myself to do that. It was, you shouldn't either. either. No, no. Dangerous. Dangerous <laughs> times. This was not what we were planning on coming back with. No? Not it? Well, we got there. We, we did. got there. That's how great radio is formed. Do you want to come play basketball tonight? No, I do not. 7 p.m. ESPN Kids Center. When I said no, you didn't need any more details. 94 Details feet. were done. 94 Who's feet. playing in this five game? Five on five. Uh, okay, there's a young lady who works here. Uh, she was a point guard. Her name's Aaron. She was a point guard at Tulane. Okay. She gets out there and plays. Uh, another young lady was a shooting guard at Dartmouth. I know that because Is she, this you playing in an all-women's game? Buddy, the best, some of the best players are women, dude. Like, Oh, no, they, I'm not doubting that. I'm yeah. just curious as to how you ended up in what is, appears to be an all-women's game outside of yourself. I think I get targeted. Like You know how uh, sometimes you run a switch in the NBA? Like you, yeah. you, you run action to try to get the matchup you want. Yeah. I'm the matchup they want. Uh, you want me in space. You're uh, your old, uh, what is it? You're Brooks Lopez coming out. You're I, coming out on defense. That's an insult to Lopez, for sure. Yeah, no, I know. I, we were looking for current comps. I think I'm Luke Cornett. But if Luke Cornett, but if Luke Cornett, like if his legs fell asleep, like he, if he'd been sitting too long and then he had to get in the game. There we go. That's me. There we go. That's me. So we have several talented females in this game. For sure. Yourself. Anyone yeah. else? There's a dude who played on the uh, practice squad against the UConn women's team. So like he went to UConn, but he was on the squad that like played against them. Okay. That dude can jump out of the gym. There's another guy who played, he was a walk-on football at Ohio State. So he's just a freak athlete, just bully ball. A lot ball. of athletes And then there's game. one dude who has a high, he has a Fortinball haircut. Uh, has like not sure how to feel about that. Has comment. has just like he's younger and he plays in an Apple Watch, and I was ready to make fun of that until he just gave everybody buckets and we called him the Admiral because he looks ex-military, like very recently ex-military. And at one point he won a game when <laughs> shook his hand and really like, thank you for your service. I thought that was pretty funny. Thank you for uh, your service. Huh? Yeah, but he didn't think it was as funny, and then he just absolutely put his whole shoulder into my chest, and I was like, I'm gonna foul you. I'm gonna make you call a foul. 
And uh, he didn't even need that. He scored through contact. I think I even said and one after he and scored. <laughs> I was like, I fouled you. And he goes, didn't matter. I was like, no, didn't. Gary's not in this game? Gary's in this game. But you didn't think to mention him, even though I teed you up five times to mention his name. You said talented female. Did you mean just on-air talent? <laughs> he and I are the only on-air people. And the first time I was out there, it took me way too long to realize I'm the oldest person here. By seven years. So, like mid third. Well, no, I'm four years older than Gary. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I was by far the oldest. And you two are contributing how much in this game? Six hard fouls, two sharp elbows. <laughs> That's it, man. That is that is all I have for you. I can get up and down the floor. I just don't have anything when I arrive. Were you a basketball player growing up? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you're tall. I yeah, figured yeah. you would have played. Yeah, I could shoot a little bit. I got dunked on by uh, Keith Bogans once. Keith Bogans? All right. You know what? I'm going to want to follow up on that, no perhaps. Uh, Stephen A. Smith suffers an injury this morning, too. He's coaching tonight. We're going to get to that. we got a lot to get to. Tim Legler. Wait until you hear what he said about last night's record-setting performance. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.